Welcome to the Dad Bod Pod. I'm your host, Jamie Schleicher. I was waiting for my co-host to jump in here. He's oh, been gone so long, know, he doesn't know I'm how so it works. I'm so rusty. I'm so rusty. I forgot how this works. Uh, this is Matt, the co-host. I'm back after like 15 missed episodes. He's so back. So good to be back. It only took six previous pandemic episodes. Seven <laughs> seven previous pandemic episodes. But You, you started back. recording them in secret, as I recall. No. Nope. You gave up on me. I let you know about every single one of them until the last one with Caleb. And with us today, we have a special guest. Our special guest is Robert Cunningham. Robert, welcome mm, to the pod. Great to be here. Great to be here, guys. Great to creatively see your faces as well. I'm really glad we're looking at each other. I'm glad you guys have worked out the tension after the, you know, the interview with Caleb and hearing Matt come in and <laughs> question what was going on. I'm glad you're here, Matt. It's gonna be so there were, glad you're here. There are some rumors out there that the opening felt scripted. What what was your read on that? Did did it feel scripted to you? Of that particular episode? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't I was not I was not feeling that. I mean I I was playing it at one point five speed, you know. So there may have been some some small some slight nuances in there that would have <laughs> would have given it away as scripted, but no, I was, I was, I think I was envisioning it pretty clearly of a, a curious and hurt Matt understanding what was actually happening. This is living life with thin walls in <laughs> an apartment is, you know, you hear some things and sometimes you like to think that you're, you're still a co-host, <laughs> even if you haven't been on the show all season. And Indeed. hearing hearing that live, Jamie, if you need a, that if happening. you need a formal breakup, you have to ask for it. Hey, man, I have <clears throat> I ever said anything along the lines of Caleb is my new co-host? Have have <laughs> I said that out loud? Caleb may has may have said that out loud, but have I ever said that out loud? I think you did say that out loud. Okay, um, maybe I said it one time. I can't remember all the things I say, especially now that I've started a podcast. It's just too much to keep up with. That's why I have people like you bring up my my bad hot takes from the draft recap. You know, I'm wrong sometimes. Yeah, I say that was. Mm, I think you should regret some of those things you said, but. I don't. Um, but yeah, the first thing that I think we want to know about and our devout audience would also love to know how, how has this pandemic period been for you and what mm. has life looked like over the past, we'll call it six months. Yes. It's all a blur. Uh, okay. Let's see. I think uh, personally doing all right with it. I think it's been quite the up and down journey of, you know, going through that phase where I feel like initially everybody, you know, who lives a certain kind of life was like, Hey, this is a gift, you know, like we all need to slow down. <laughs> and, uh, everybody was kind of playing that chord for a bit. And then, you know, totally. and everybody kind of woke up from that and was a bit more realistic and was like, yeah, this is, this kind of sucks. And, uh, definitely went through that phase, uh, probably several times actually. And I think, uh, one of the best things that happened during, I guess the initial stages of quarantine, et cetera, uh, is that I undertook a large 
kind of household project, a back patio, uh, and actually completed it. Took about a month and a half, um, kind of chipping away at it many afternoons and many weekends with the help of a man named Jim Anderson, who actually sold me the house itself. And then he moved away for about two years and he moved back and he lives in my neighborhood. And he was the one who I had had many, many, many hypothetical conversations about what if there was a patio back here. And we kept having those conversations more frequently because of COVID (laughs) because he would walk by and we would look at it and talk about it. And then finally one day he showed up and he had spray paint and he kind of mapped out where like we were like, okay, well, here's what the boundaries of it would be. We spray painted it. And then I called kind of Charlottesville utilities, et cetera, to come make sure there were no pipes that would be massive problems in any of that area. And next thing we knew, uh, Jim one afternoon was like, why don't we just start digging? And we did for about five hours. And then it was, we had officially kind of passed the point of no return. And the next day I ordered, I ordered like $2,000 worth of uh, like materials for building a patio from this you know, construction company, Allied Concrete here in Charlottesville. It's one of those places where if you call, you just really need to sound like you know what you're talking about or else you'll quickly feel like a five-year-old. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I interacted with them a lot for those two months and, you know, increasingly grew more confident <laughs> in those conversations. But it was, uh, it was quite the project, quite the uh, quite the game changer for our house though. It now is kind of the central, the central place that we convene in the afternoons. We have a lot of dinners out there. Uh, my arch nemesis in this league, uh, has actually enjoyed a beverage out there and, uh, it's, it's a good, it's a good time. It was definitely the the highlight of COVID thus far for me. I mean, I've seen some pictures and I'm so impressed. It looks so good. And I will say, I would have never tried it without Jim Anderson. One, because I would not have had the confidence that I could actually do it in a way where it would be sustainable, you know, and actually last. And then two, he is someone who owns so many tools. And, you know, if you don't have the right stuff, it's a miserable endeavor to try to build something. So props, props to Jim. I'm trying to think of the level of a home improvement project that I would feel comfortable undertaking and think that I could reasonably complete. And it is well short of a, a backyard patio. So yeah, this was definitely one of those things where every now and then I'd be like, okay, I think, I think this is actually going to happen, you know, mid project. And there would be those days you spend like all day on a Saturday out there and <laughs> you look at it and be like, I cannot see any change from what just happened today based on what I was doing, shoveling dirt or whatever it was. And, and yeah, it, it is, it's probably like between 500 and 600 square feet. So it, it definitely adds a, a whole new dimension uh, to the house, which is, which is cool. I do hope to have, uh, have you guys have different folks from the league onto the patio at some point. Um, maybe, maybe, right. maybe the rule is, Maybe the rule is you have to beat me and then I'll, I'll make you a cocktail. Ooh, wow. I'm ready. So Caleb, come on. It's ready. That is so funny. Yeah. Good thing. My team is really good. We need to get you a TV out there so we can watch a game. No, that is also on the docket. I, 
because of RUF, you know, it's like I have things that don't actually belong to me, but I get to keep them as though they do for right now. And one of those is a massive, like super nice projector. And uh, I'm very committed to watching some football out there throughout this fall, especially now that it's nice and cool out there. It's yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. That sounds so fun. Now, another question, have you and the commish uh, chatted about your, he also built a deck of some kind. He did. He did. Have, He's done. Some you know, we actually haven't talked about that. Um, you know, we've commented via wonderful outlet of social media, but we have not conversed about it. He has done some, some really solid work in his backyard though. It looks really wonderful. Yeah. And his wife has been working out trades like a boss. I'm still embarrassed about it. I'm still embarrassed. We're, I can't, we're going to get to that. Even as she's getting harassed by, I mean, I, I just totally thought it was Travis. I just thought Travis was frustrated and like, WTF? Why am I having to, we'll have to ask do Cody this crap? If, if that'll hold up in a court of law, we'll see. <sighs> definitely heckler. Yeah, have you interacted with Cody, uh, your former protege, since he has left the league? So I have. I actually invited him to come over and be on this, but he had he said, yeah, a lot of law school work today. Um, that's what they all say. And he, he could not do it. And uh, I will say I, so yeah, here's another COVID update. One of the current rituals uh, is that because our kids are at home all day, I take them on a walk every morning for about 45 minutes, sometimes an hour. Wow. And that's, that's kind of 100% aimed at getting Knox's energy level at like a manageable place for, for the rest of the day. And so we, we rain, rain or shine, we are out there. And usually we walk by Cody's house and I will throw small pebbles at their window until he or his son comes to the window and waves at our kids. And sometimes about 50% of the time they come outside and say hello. Uh, and then my kids start yelling at me about how they want to go to the Johnson playground. So that, that has become, you know, a pretty, a pretty wonderful though often full of, you know, bickering and fighting about random sticks and rocks that people saw first and get to hold. But I, I do love it. It's been a it's been a nice quarantine addition to life. I love that. That sounds awesome. And I do talk to Cody about the league and about about the NFL in general. Um, but he's, you know, he, he, yeah, I, I do. I think he'd be fun to get on the pod at some, at some point if we can talk him into it. He, he has an open invitation and, uh, you know, we could, we could even talk about the Supreme court opening that, that just came up and would love to get a law students. Uh, that doesn't really seem to be on anybody's mind right now though. So okay. yeah, I know it's, it's very <laughs> under the radar topic. Um, I don't think anybody cares too much, Yeah, but you know, that's, that's the beauty of making a podcast for 12 people in a super <laughs> small niche is that, you know, you can go deep on things and you, you certainly can. The Supreme court is, is one of those things we can, we can go real deep on the Supreme court. This is true. 
And as I was telling you, uh, our availability to record pods in this pandemic scenario is about 22-7. There's, there's like two <laughs> hours a day that I, I reserve for myself. You need uh, like two-thirds of an REM. That's all you need. Yeah, that's, that's all I need. You're good to go. I respect that. I respect that. Um, last pandemic life question for you. Uh, we talked about family. We talked about projects. How is work slash ministry going? Ah, yes. And how how has that changed in this period? Yeah, that has certainly changed a ton. Um, I will say, yeah, I feel like at one level, uh, especially in the spring, last spring, I feel like there was a part of me that is the more kind of entrepreneurial adaptive leadership part that came to life a bit. And I kind of loved the challenge of thinking through, okay, here are all the things you normally do, which of those can be done under these conditions, which of those need to be scrapped and what kind of new and fun ideas can you create that actually allow people to connect with each other and, you know, hopefully to God. And that was quite the journey. I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, and at the same time, I'll say, I, I, especially, you know, speaking obviously from the particular vantage point of my own vocation, I, it, it's so, it's so centered on presence, uh, in my opinion, in terms of why I enjoy it particularly. And the reality that so much of that was virtual was really hard and, um, in some ways kind of sucked the life out of the calling in some ways that were hard. I'll definitely say that. I'm not trying to put a silver lining on it. Um, and, you know, as, as we kind of moved through the summer, uh, try, yeah, I experimented with random things this summer uh, as well that I would never would have done were it not for the reality of COVID. And some of those I'll probably keep. And then this whole fall as well, uh, you know, we're kind of, we kind of constantly live in, in reactionary mode uh, to whatever UVA's kind of latest update on their policies is. They actually updated it tonight. Uh, and that happens about every two weeks. And obviously there are tons of opinions and stakeholders with regard to what UVA does and how they do it. Very aware of those. And, you know, to be honest, I'm, I'm simply just trying to care for the people I'm supposed to care for, whether they're here or whether they're somewhere else. And right. so I'm doing the best I can. Uh, in that regard, but always doing it in a way where I'm like, okay, we're absolutely going to honor, you know, the universities and the, the city's guidelines, et cetera. And I will say we've created a few different new things and new structures this fall that have actually been kind of awesome and really fun. And I think we'll probably keep beyond this time. And I think that's to me that in terms of my, my positive experience of this is that it has kind of given, I think it's given a lot of people the freedom to be creative uh, and to know that you're going to like some, some ideas are totally going to fail and there's a lot of freedom there to, for things to fail. And at the same time, the freedom has led to some pretty like wonderful ideas that actually probably should have happened several years ago, uh, but are happening now because you finally had the guts to, to do it. And so that's how I've experienced some of it. And I'm glad to be here still, uh, still, you know, still long for some, some things that I think are really like beautiful and vital to my own kind of calling and vocation, but also, you know, content to be patient as, as we kind of move up, you know, through this year. So there's my answer to that. Well, yeah, I, th 
up good. Sorry, I was going to just ask, can you say a little bit more about some of those things that you're particularly grateful for or excited about? Yeah, uh, like one example is, you know, a classic, you know, kind of ministry thing is small groups, right? Uh, that's a, a thing that most people are familiar with. If you've ever been a part of a church or Christian organization. And to be honest with you, uh, when I stepped into this job, we kind of had, uh, I inherited structures that were kind of like, you have small groups just by year all the way through. And it's kind of just this one-stop shop for each year. And whoever comes, comes. And, you know, that's that. And, you know, I've kind of messed with that some over the past few years. Generally, I've always noticed that second and third years at UVA kind of do not really attend the, their small groups. And those have always kind of been weak and really tough because uh, usually they're led by students and the main people that show up are the people leading them. And this year, I kind of scrapped pretty much all of our small groups and cre we created this thing uh, that we just call quads, uh, but it's basically like groups of four. And you meet, you only commit to meet for four weeks at a time. So it's kind of like low commitment, you know, a definitive date, like four weeks with these these people. And it's kind of random. Like we, we intentionally, like if we, we try to pair people that we think will hit it off in some way, shape or form. But the, the goal is like, hey, you don't totally know these people that well. But we're going to connect you for four weeks and you can do it virtually. You can do it in person in a way that's safe and wise for you. But the three things you do when you gather, it's like you there's like one thing we give you that's kind of this emotional, spiritual health check in where you actually kind of try to name how you're doing that week, because there's just so much mental and emotional, like mental and emotional health struggles for everybody in this season. And it's a way where we give you a lot of resources for talking about that uh, in a way that can kind of draw out some of the depths of what's going on within you. The second thing is we kind of give you some get to know you questions that are a little more than the surface, like, where are you from? You know, it's like an example would be like, can you tell me a story from your life where you felt the most loved? And like, what happened? Where was that? Who was involved? Tell me about that. Like things like that, that just get people talking and hearing one another in a way that perhaps you haven't before. And then the third thing is we, we provide different forms of content from like different books. Uh, and it's, it's not a overbearing amount to read, but it's good exposure to different things that I think will kind of be like thought provoking and interesting to read. And so, you know, like uh, one of the groups, like the content for this particular group was excerpts from Bonhoeffer's Life Together. <clears throat> Another one uh, will be excerpts from, uh, I'm trying to think what all we've done, uh, a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Uh, we kind of just pick a whole spectrum of books that I've enjoyed or that have impacted me or some of my staff or my friends, and I'll just kind of get certain excerpts that I think can lead to good questions and conversation. So anyway, that's been a big hit. Like a lot of people have signed up for those, and we're doing basically three rounds of it, four weeks, four weeks each time. And uh, they've kind of gained momentum. Like the first, the first round's almost over, and everybody who did it, we kind of solicited feedback like, hey, what was good about these? What was terrible about these? And it was mostly all good. And everybody who did it last time wants to do it again and kind of inviting other friends to do it. So kind of interesting. I mean, it sounds awesome. I, I love that idea. I mean, it's, it's been fun. Yeah. I think, again, <laughs> I, I think everybody, well, everybody's craving, everybody's craving in person. And you can, four people with mask on outside, you can make that happen. Um, and so I think that's been helpful. But then we also have plenty of folks who are not in Charlottesville and they can also be a part of these. And so I, I just think personally, it's been 
one of the the better ways to keep people connecting uh, and also kind of engaging some content that kind of pulls them out of themselves a little bit and, and in a way that's really healthy and good. So. And I, I kind of wish I could join one. Pod quad. You can do it. Or go back to school. <laughs> Get another True. undergrad. True. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. You know, every, I think everyone probably has something that they can relate to, whether it's in their job or just life of looking at either trends that have been accelerated by the pandemic and, you know, things that probably were going to happen at some point in time, whether or not this came just getting sped up and then other things that, you know, are just kind of stopgap make do of a bad situation as well as you can. Um, but trying to trying to piece through those things of like, okay, what is what is something that I think is going to last out of this, and what is something that is kind of a pale imitation or just something that I, I have to do to get by? Is it's interesting conversations that I know I've had at work thinking about this for for my clients of like, okay, which which of these trends do I think are are here to stay and could see us diving more into, and which of these are just temporary that you know, as, as soon as we get out of this, things will revert back to what they were before. It's mm -hmm. just interesting conversations that come from that. Um, one thing that is kind of normal right now, football, fantasy football. Yes. Dude, what, it is not what, normal. Everybody's hurt. I said kind of. Well, that is normal. I heard a stat this week that something like 2% of NFL games are injury free. That's amazing. It is Did you say 2%? 2%. I mean, I sprained my ankle running with Russ Edwards this morning. So um, I get small injuries happen all the time, but this is crazy. It was a brutal week. It kind of, it kind of, it was, it was nuts. And my team somehow is pretty, is unscathed from it, which is, you know, pretty awesome at the moment, just to be honest with you. But I mean, that it, definitely shoots you up, up the power rankings. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, obviously, I I can't believe McCaffrey was a part of it. Uh, you just think of like certain players, if they get injured, it totally impacts all of fantasy football. Uh, he's definitely number one. So uh, I feel for you, Matt. And then also I feel confident that you are – scouring the waiver wire making sure <laughs> you have exactly what you need for sunday we'll see we'll yeah, see psa for the league if you get a trade offer tonight from matt <laughs> you will drop him in the morning so don't accept the trade <laughs> that's true oh man i mean how many first round picks are hurt right now McCaffrey, Devontae adams saquon Anybody else? There's a bunch of picks. Um, but Robert, do you feel good about your team? Besides just being not injured, how do you feel? You know, I actually like my team. Um, and I will say, yeah, getting into some of the group me fodder of late, I really, I really don't feel, I feel like it's been about the past, like this year included, the past three years that I've truly been invested in my team. Uh, and I definitely am, 
I definitely am more proud of the stats of the past three years than I am of, of any of the prior years in this league. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, when I look at my team right now, I still think that I think it's solid. I think that on a given week, it's, you know, a decently formidable opponent uh, that has the potential to pretty much always be over a hundred. Uh, and, but to also every now and then go off. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think obviously I can say that as well, partly because I also have no major injuries on the team. And so right now I feel pretty good about it. And think I've also played two people who had really wonderful weeks. Um, like Sean kind of went off Russell Wilson yeah. through like 800 touchdowns in the first week. And then, uh, Caleb, you know, was it Aaron, Aaron Jones or whoever it was, you know, the stats were insane. And then, I mean, <laughs> Mostert gets hurt, but he, but he, before he gets hurt, he runs an 80 yard touchdown on the opening play. I was like, okay, this is, as soon as that play happened, I was like, I'm probably not winning. <laughs> so we need to just know that it's not going your way. But yeah, I also think both of them have, have very solid teams. Yeah, you ran into two buzzsaws, Sean, at that huge first week. Um, and then Caleb has one of the strongest teams in the league. If you look at the the Cheers for Fears polls, um, I think people are expecting him to have a great year. Mm-hmm. I played Sean this week, and I felt I almost felt a little bad for him because <laughs> I know, he, did I know. Not, he did not come out of this week unscathed. And it started mm-hmm. before the week even began. Um, Chris Godwin in the middle of last week went into concussion protocol and he ended up missing the game. Kenny mm-hmm. Galladay missed his second week. Um, and I believe so going to be out next week as well. Oh, is he? That's, I mean, that's, I read that today only because I, I have Mike Evans and it was just basically predicting that Mike Evans, you know, may have a big week because, uh, anyway, it's Goodwin, right? Uh, Godwin. Godwin. Yeah, Godwin. it's Godwin. Um, I think he's going to still be out. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. So, I mean, just tough break, like, going into the week. Um, he had to start two backup wide receivers. Uh, Sterling Shepard was one of those. He goes out with some turf toe, I think, and has a bad week. And then Saquon with the, the torn ACL and some other ligament damage. Uh, just felt, felt really bad. Yeah. Uh, his His... Like, I mean, that's four of his top draft picks that, that went out. We talked about it a little bit last week of uh, how his going heavy on backup running back strategy right. yep. was both like proven to be true and also did not work out for him at all because his running backs are the ones that are getting injured. Also, also a quick question that doesn't have to be on the pod. Does Zach still edit these? Yes, Zach is our editor. Shout out to Zach. Best editor in the business. He, he is. Quick quick turn. We say that. Anytime I've said it stays. He doesn't do it. I don't I don't know what he cuts. I just know that he edits and I love him for it. He often sends me episodes yeah, back at like Appreciate one o'clock it. in the morning. Yeah. He's the best. You will never hear me say a bad bad word about Zach's editing. And he he is the best. He makes me look good. That's that's the only reason we have a, a couple of five star reviews on on iTunes. <laughs> it's because of Zach's editing. A couple of those nameless followers. 
not to be confused with nameless wives. So Jamie, I'm looking at your team. A couple questions as someone who has, obviously I've not you know, been matched up with you. So to be honest with you, I have not paid attention to your team that much. That's but fair. I have noticed Josh Allen kind of just going off most weeks. And I think the upside for him this whole season is pretty strong. I'm pretty impressed with the Bills. Uh, my question, I'm curious how T.Y. Hilton has done this year uh, as someone who owned him in prior years. I'm curious. I think Hilaire, Edward Slayer has a lot of upside as well, and I'm really excited to watch the Ravens and the Chiefs play Monday night. Uh, but mainly Hilton and Ertz, I'm curious how they have performed so far this year. With yeah, regard so, to expectations and hopes for them. Yep. T.Y. Hilton has scored me 10 points so far through two weeks. So not what you're looking for out of a okay. flex play or someone in your starting lineup. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He's looked good. He still has a speed. He's getting open. He has dropped a 40-yard touchdown in each game. Mm. Wow. So... So he's not he was injured at the end of last season. He is he is all good now. He's all good. He's all healthy. Um, but he yeah. had two bad drops in the last drive in their game the first week and then dropped another forty yard touchdown. He was wide open in the end zone and and just dropped it. Mm-hmm. So uh very concerned about the drop issues. Great to see him healthy and like getting open and starting to build some type of rapport with Phillip Rivers. Paris Campbell got injured this week, one of the the many to go down in week two. Mm-hmm. So there's, um, I, I think T.Y. Hilton is a good buy low candidate to mm-hmm. figure that out and bust out. He's on my team, so I've just had to, to bear with him in, in his bad weeks, but optimistic <laughs> that he, he puts it together and right. bounces back. Zach Ertz. So Carson Wentz. The Eagles offensive line and the Eagles offense in general has just looked awful. And right. I've been uh, driving five hours back from Pennsylvania these past two weekends. So I, I have not really gotten to watch any of the Eagles games, which sounds a little bit like a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's just some question marks about the Eagles offense in, in general. And then also he's got some weird contract stuff going on, got into a shouting match with the GM and that there's just a, a lot there that none of it sounds great, but he's Zach Ertz. So once again, hoping that he he eventually figures it out and kind of stabilizes as as we get further into the year. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's dropped behind, you know, um, why am I blanking on the name? Chiefs, Chiefs tight end. Name. Chelsea. Kelsey and uh, the forty Kittle. Kittle to me, those are the two best. I I would put him behind Andrews too. I think. Oh yeah, no, Andrews. Andrews is strong too. Yeah, he gets a lot of looks in the red zone. Yeah, I I think he could still end up being the the tight end one this year. Um, so I I would put Ertz solidly at number four, but he is. Just such a consistent option gets a ton of targets in Philadelphia. And um, do they still have that other tight end that shares a lot of time with him? Yeah, Dallas Goddard. Um, Yeah, he's yeah last year and and this year I think he might have more points than 
Ertz. Um, he had more points in week one. He had, he had a big touchdown. And then uh, Ertz outscored him this week, but I think Goddard might have gotten more targets. So He's like they're the running more. <laughs> yeah, they're running more two tight end sets than anybody else in the league. So they're they're both mm-hmm. on the field at the same time. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be interesting to see which one of them scores more points this year. Hmm. But that being said, I like it. As far as far as my team goes, love Josh Allen. He's the second highest scoring mm-hmm. player in fantasy through two weeks, and that's great. Um, hopeful that he can kind of continue the the passing improvements. It looks like he's made and the the connection that he seems to have with Steph. Who is Diggs. the highest scorer? Russell Wilson. They're letting Russ cook. Uh, they are. And it's it's insane. Russell Wilson has nine passing touchdowns this year, and eleven incompletions. <laughs> nine That's touchdowns. Amazing. Yeah, it's not eleven it's not fun to play against Russell Wilson in fantasy football. And he he plays the Cowboys next week. So mm. guess what? Russell's to come. gonna cook again. It's <laughs> this is not the week that that he stops cooking. No. So yeah, Josh Josh Allen um, has definitely been a pleasant surprise this year, with all the running back injuries. Um, Miles Sanders and Clyde Edwards-Helaire, I I think are just um, potential to be you know top five guys, um, hopefully two top ten guys, and then just hoping the the wide receivers get healthy and and figure things out because they've been the weak spot, but. Kind of like you were saying, like I, I feel like my team has a high floor, and any week can kind of go off and make it into the stratosphere um, with those those boom weeks that you're hoping for. Um, but I've gotten pretty lucky my first two weeks uh, with Seth's kicker missing every kick that he couldn't possibly <laughs> attempt, and then with everybody on Sean's yes. team getting injured and, and forfeiting for him. Um, so... I don't know, maybe maybe a team of destiny that it's not really what my team's doing, but the fact that it's ordained for success. I like that. Yeah, I think just rounding out the other other teams in the Tears for Fears, um, Zach and, and Steven are I would say the other the other two teams that are up there. And then everybody's kinda kinda chasing chasing them. Uh, mm. the other the other rename we had this week was Zach uh, putting up a high score of 154.9 uh, to Sumner's 99.88. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's rename it. territory. Um, mm. if, if Sumner gets 0.12 points, then he, he saves his dignity and the rights to his name. Uh, but he had the New Orleans defense that kind of shockingly got got run up, beat up uh, by the the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday night. Um, Who were two and dropped him dropped him below that threshold to to give Zach his naming rights. So, mm. and like we said, by law required to come on the pod. So really interested to see if if both Trey and Sumner uh, show up here to to face their humiliation and uh, pay their dues to the pod. Any 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 thoughts on 
on whether you think those guys show up. I'm hopeful. Okay. I, I believe, guys. If Fair Sumner enough. shows up, I'm I'm pretty down to, to tune in as well. Yeah. <laughs> so here's here's the thing I was thinking about, um, and I'll throw it out as this is a way that that both those guys could pay their dues. Is next Monday night. Um, so typically, you know, on a good week, we have maybe three or more games that are yet to be decided by Monday night. Mm-hmm. And next Monday night, we have Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens against Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So I was thinking, you know, first half, throw up one of these Zoom meetings, uh, get the Zencaster recording, and just kind of have everybody watching a game, hanging out, <laughs> and uh, cheering, cheering whatever and Monday night here will happen and like, hey, make this in pretty. my time. And, that, and that's what we do. You know, like the, the post-draft recap was three-plus hours of nonsense recorded from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. And we just said, good luck, Zach. And he he chopped it up into three he did somewhat it. digestible episodes. So, I will say the upcoming Ravens-Chiefs game, in terms of Monday Night Football, reminds me of the Chiefs um, – who was it? Rams game back in. Um, well, I was actually out of town, so I remember watching it. I was I was at my parents' house, uh, but it was the one where wasn't it the Rams? Like, uh, it was when know, they Pat were Mahomes both just has had some insane games in prime time. Some of which he's won, some of which he's lost, but they've all been this, entertaining. This was, I think, this was, I think, two years ago. And it was, I think they were both the two best offenses in the NFL at that point. And it was a, it was a pretty like wonderful high scoring game. Yeah. Rams chiefs, uh, November 19th, 2018 chiefs, 51 yep. Rams, 54. And yeah, it was, it was a one of those games. Awesome game. Yeah. Pat, wow. Pat didn't quite forgot about off, that, but that was when the Rams shit. were like on fire too. I think they had, they were either, undefeated or one lost team i think coming into that game that was a very fun nfl game to watch also i i can't confirm this in real time for you guys but i heard on a broadcast this week that pat mahomes has not played a game where he hasn't been in first place in his division i respect that sorry hasn't played a game where he hasn't been in first place in In first place Which is kind of absurd. So he obviously wins his openers every year, and then and then never looks back. Improves from there, <laughs> just gets wow. better. So okay, a few other things I want to make sure we cover. I want to cover the dynamics of the group me. I think it's been fun. Also, want to talk about my rivalry with Sean and. Uh, my offer to anyone who beats me to join me on my patio for a old fashioned Caleb. If you really care about the league, <laughs> you'll figure it out. You'll 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 make it happen. We'll mm-hmm. see you there. 
what do you want to talk about your rivalry with Sean? Because last week, uh, episode six of the pod, we had Caleb come on, break down the week one slate. And yes. we talked about rivalries real and imagined and tried to stoke those fires. But you yep. and Sean have an extant rivalry that needs no hyperbole, uh, needs absolutely nothing on our part to kind mm. of build that up into something it's not because it is very real and sends shockwaves throughout the league whenever you guys are faced off against each other. <laughs> and you you lost for the first time. So talk to it us did. about this rivalry. And, so, and what you yeah. thought of the rivalry pod. Are there yeah. are there I other like people the that you pod. think can reach you and Sean's status? I don't know. I, I haven't heard as much direct kind of I feel like Sean and my rivalry status truly came to life three years ago, which again was when I started caring. And part of it was I realized, oh man, my team's my, my record in this league is historically not that good. But I remember that was that season that I realized I had never lost to Sean. And that was kind of my one uh, thing. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's the one thing in this league where I can be really arrogant. <clears throat> and so I remember one, when I first realized that I was, I had to go back and kind of do a little research <clears throat> a few times just to make sure that was actually true. And because I had a hard time believing it because of how bad I was, uh, at least one of those early years where I, yeah, I mean, I think I had a couple of injured players starting and it was, it was bad. I had totally tuned out. I don't, I did not even know you guys. <laughs> True story. I don't know how I got in the league in the first place. We have a pot about that sometime, but I remember, yeah, it, it dawned on me. Oh man, I'm undefeated against Sean. And so from that point on, uh, I was like, you know, until I lose, I'm just going to talk trash and act as though I know I'm definitely going to win. And so I took that approach for a couple of years and won um, all of those times, which was actually really fun uh, to be in that kind of place. And the, the one that still strikes me, I think the one that's <laughs> the one that sealed the rivalry in my book was <clears throat> it was actually two years ago. It's so not last year or the year before. And I had Wentz and Ertz on my team. Also had Sterling Shepard on my team. And I remember on Sunday, I went to bed like losing horrifically to Sean. I was getting crushed. Oh, I remember this. <laughs> I remember I woke up <laughs> and I was beating him. I remember Ertz through like, I mean, sorry, Wentz through like, I don't know, four touchdowns or something. And two or three of them went to Ertz. Ertz, I think, had close to 200 yards receiving. It was it was absurd how many points I scored from those two those two Eagles, and I remember I woke up to a lot of chatter on the group me. I was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" And if I if my memory is correct, I remember that night on Monday Night Football. I think the 49ers and the Giants were playing, and he had Kittle, and I was like, "Oh man, I think he's probably gonna still edge me." Yeah, and I had Sterling. I had Sterling Shepard, <laughs> and sure enough, like randomly, Shepard catches this like you know probably six yard touchdown pass. That's just one of those statistical ridiculous components to your fantasy football week, and that was when I was like, yeah, this is just part of the rivalry of like I just win right now against Sean, and that was to me that was the most kind of yeah. If, if I was Sean, I'd have been like, this is absolutely ridiculous 
Um, and I won that week and then, you know, won whatever other matchup we had that year. And then last year, same thing. I don't think they were quite as close last year. And then this year, I will say there was one point we were playing and Saquon, you know, had like three points in the first half or something. <laughs> and there was this part of me that was like, wow, if this happens, you it's know, happening. this will be it's pretty, pretty epic. <laughs> uh, and I will say I was pretty prepared after, after Sunday, knowing how many points I'd put on the board and knowing who Sean had, I was like, I'm not going to win this week. And so I was very mentally prepared to, to concede and finally lose. And there was a part of me that after Saquon's first half, I was like, that would almost just be too that would almost be too much if if Saquon doesn't, you know, score a total of ten. Um and sure enough he did. And I think Shepard actually got some points as well. So it was fun while it lasted. I think the robbery's still there. Uh it was fun. I had Sean over, had a, a old fashioned on the back patio, and uh it was very fun to talk fantasy football and Enneagram and many other wonderful topics. Um, some of which Sean has shared and disclosed on the pod in prior episodes, some for members only, I believe, but it's very good. <laughs> That's awesome. And in part of your guys' trash talk leading up to your matchup this year, uh, you know, there was some talk about the loser coming on the pod and doing a hot ones episode. <laughs> and if you are all cut up on the pods, I, you know, I, as, I as am. a host of this show, um, you know, I'm, I'm willing to go there. I'm willing to do that. I, I talked about my heritage, which is very German and very Irish and we don't really do spices. So I will mm-hmm. probably die on the air um so i i'm i have a vested interest in in knowing is is this something that is is actually going to happen or was that some uh bravado beforehand but you know no no i will say i think i think i clarified in the group me what my uh (laughs) what my perception of that conversation was but uh, i'm still open to hearing more at some point about what it would actually entail. And, you know, there's like a 5% chance that I would okay. actually do it. So I'm here. terrified. Five, 5%. So there you go. <laughs> However, if you do beat Robert, um, a higher than 5% chance that you can go over to his, his deck and have an old fashioned truth. All right, group me. Let's talk about group me dynamic. What what are your thoughts on league culture in season three of the pod and whatever so, season of this is? Obviously, I think with the group me, you kind of get you get as much as you put in, and I have enjoyed it this year thus far. Um, I'll say obviously, I think the primary chatter is me, Caleb, Zach, you two, Seth. Travis is, is, is semi-consistent. Um, I don't think who I'm missing here. Sean, of course. Sean's in there, yeah. How can I forget my nemesis? <laughs> my nemesis. Um, I think, you know, <laughs> Sumner is pretty ghost on there. Um, Trey has been pretty absent. 
Steven every now and then. Steven made it. an appearance this past week. Yeah, he made an appearance. I think he just he gets in there for the likes. I think he needs a little ego boost every now and then. And then because it's so infrequent, he gets, you know, seven likes. So and he's out. Funny. <laughs> yeah, I, he says like, hey, and I like it. You know, I'm, I'm, one, oh, of yeah, those, I do too. I'm one of those seven It's really likes. one of those kind <laughs> of like, hey, yeah, I we're, all, we're all basically, we're, we're all basically like, will you sit at our table? And and then he leaves. So it's middle so school funny. over again. Um, Got to get him back on the pod. I don't think, think Trey or Sumner have group me anymore. I know He's Sumner's gone. definitely off group me. I don't yeah. know about Trey if he just has it super muted or if he actually completely deactivated. Obviously, Cody. Oh, Drew. Drew's on there every now and then. Yeah, that's true. I think. Speaking of Drew, I feel like I need to. I like having Drew back in the league, and I, think, I like uh, Cody too, though. Those I think not. Cody liked. I was sh- I was so shocked when Cody left. That, that is a bummer. Um, it kind of makes me wish that we would go to a fourteen team league. Although I guess that's a little excessive. Um, We'd see a significant, uh, significant drop in total scores. We'd have to adjust the like renaming. Yeah. Scale, I think. Among other things. Um. I mean, I get, you know, Cody's got a baby doing like any day now. <laughs> and um, the week has a baby. So, 14 yeah, team league. We might need to go to like a two quarterback, two quarterback league. <laughs> Keep it Ooh. fun. That could be. But I feel like I owe Drew an apology. I feel like I, uh, you know, went a little too far <laughs> making fun of that trade. The bad. trade. Oh, okay. Well, I'll give us a, a five minute timer on trade talk, but. Mm. Massive trade this week. Uh, Drew sends Keenan Allen, Kareem Hunt, or Karen Hunt. Matt, if you want to <laughs> talk about that part, we can, we can get in, into that. And Emmanuel Sanders to Zach for Tyler Lockett. Um, this Did I try trade, to pick up all of them off the wire? Yes. Why would you not? <laughs> That Why would is, I not? That did you veto the trade? Yeah, uh, yes. that's that's question number one. You did. You did wow. veto yeah, the trade? I, I actually didn't. I uh, I will say there's a part of me because that's even an option. There is a part of me that every time I see it, I feel an impulse to be like, "Yeah, I'm going to veto this." Yeah, there's um, a without even looking at who is the, participating the, in it. Drink. But then I will say that that impulse triples. If I see your name, Matt, involved in the trade. Wow. <laughs> just because I'm involved. That's a just good impulse. You're involved. Yeah. Trust that impulse. Doesn't matter what the trade is. <laughs> wow. So I'm this still, trade is proposed. I'm I'm just gonna narrate to tr- try to speed this up and we <laughs> we can we can just talk about it. So this trade is proposed. The group me blows up. And I think it's primarily Sean, who is kind of saying this is a very one-sided trade. And for our non-football following listeners, uh, this trade is one-sided in Zach's half of uh, seems seems to be the general consensus of what is going on here. Drew, are you okay? Blink twice if you've been kidnapped. <laughs> All of these things. Um, kind of, kind of go on. Fast forward, 
the trade ends up getting vetoed. Um, but before this, in, in the conversation, there's talk of people need to veto this trade, which of course brings up the Whiffleway, Whistleway Waffle trade debacle, uh, which is you know, a very interesting part in our, our league history. Uh, Matt and I once again reiterate that while we vetoed that first time around, we have since been convinced that vetoing trades is immoral and should only be done in cases of clear collusion because it's not fun to complete a trade and then have other people take that complete a trade away from you. Um, you know, it's just, it's more fun when you can make trades with people and, and if they accept it and they're trying to win the game, um, you know, two, two consenting adults should be able to, to make any trade that they think is in their favor. So once again, uh, just going on the record to Travis that I was wrong. I should not have vetoed that trade. Seth made a bad trade, and he should have had to live with the consequences mm. of his actions that his team is now bad and Travis's is now good. But we did veto it. Uh, funny enough, um, Seth got Emmanuel Sanders as an extra player in that trade. Emmanuel Sanders was the third player in this trade going to Zach's team. But the trade gets vetoed, which mm-hmm. drama, intrigue, um, really interesting because based off of the people in the trade and people like me and Matt who have made our opinions about vetoes known, there's only a small number of people that could have vetoed this trade and would love to get the vetoers on a separate pod to talk about that itself. But the Wait, trade you gets said how many, how many people vetoed? It's three or four, and I, I think there's some lack of clarity around how many mm. you actually need to, to veto a trade as well. Um, but yeah, the trade gets vetoed, but for some reason there was like an elongated time period where like the amount of time that we had to veto was extended beyond what, what should have been acceptable. So the commissioner rules that the time people had to legally veto and we can get uh, Cody on here to legislate this matter as well had passed <laughs> without it being vetoed so that this veto is actually illegal which makes him manually force through the trade however our commissioner is on a backpacking trip so he hands this duty off to his nameless wife who is on Yahoo this morning manually pushing this trade through but because of the not, confusing... He's not his secretary. <laughs> but because <laughs> of the confusing nature... joking to be his secretary. <laughs> but because of the confusing nature of team names, uh, gets a little confused, reaches out to Matt for help, and Matt offers <laughs> no help in this situation. Matt, if you want to talk about the details here between you and the commissioner or the commissioner's I do want to clarify anything you say can and will be held against you in the court of law by cody specifically yes i mean if you got a text from travis Bacell seeming frustrated would you immediately jump to the conclusion oh his wife is texting you and annoyed and needs to push this trade through if she clearly identified herself as travis she did not wife, she did not do that which she did she did not. Clear and obvious. I believe not only had she identified herself, she also had referred, yeah, to Kareem Hunt as Karen. I think I think those are two 
Pretty big Dead red flag. Giveaway. <laughs> Clear and obvious legal <laughs> terms. Uh, but instead of helping, which somehow, there, were, there was there was a clear somehow question. Somehow I there. said you would drop a Karen. I, I can't I can't even believe that. It was just not helpful at all. It was early. It was early. This, it was early in the morning. I was tired. I wasn't paying attention. If I'm reading this, I'm Sarah Piquel, and I'm like, I'm sending Jamie a Christmas card this year, and not Matt. <laughs> that's, that's how I I would respond. Mm. But anyways, the trade has been executed. Andrew's team, Truth. Tyler Lockett, on Zach's team, Keenan Allen. Karen Hunt and Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders. What what are your guys' you know, thoughts I, on I mean, the trade? What the are your whole, guys' thoughts I, on? The I, I think it's just leading a, up to it's just a case of Drew being a little rusty. That's what I chalk up the whole thing to. I think I that you, you think, think he so? doesn't have a clear understanding of perceived value. I, I mean, almost pulled off a trade with Drew for Kareem Hunt. We what were you offering? Cam, and who has had quite the week last week, um, and who Cam has demonstrated that he is probably going to get a lot of points for the Pats because when they're in the red zone, it's pretty much like, especially inside the five, it's Cam who's going to run the ball in the end zone. But I offered him Cam and I believe Tariq Cohen for Cream Hunt. I think that's a pretty good trade. In terms seems of like what Drew had, what Drew had on yeah. his team, that seems like a win-win to me. I will say my default, though, the reason that my impulse is to veto all trades is I'm usually thinking someone is getting totally screwed in this deal. Um, I love that. That's I, just, I mean, I just struggle. Why is that your intuition? Oh, uh, because usually I'm like, I, I don't know. I mean, I what, just, what's I, funny about that is that within fantasy football. I shouldn't have. That's like, very cynical. I will like, say it's just. I have, there's so much unknown. That is true. That is true. That's that's unfair. And generally, I'm very not cynical. Uh, for some reason, I am on fantasy football trades. I will say I. And I've only. I think I've only been a part. Of, I was a part of one big trade, and it actually worked really well for me. It was with Cody, like two or two years ago, I think. And I think I got like I got Ridley. I got like three players, for. Uh, I'm even blanking on his name. He's running back for the Bears. He was, he was pretty David highly Montgomery. profiled. But he, no, uh, Jordan Howard. Yep, and he. To be honest, oh, I remember Bears, this trade. Any any Bears player on offense to me is questionable, but sure. Um, he, Agreed. you know, do you on, feel skeptical for Cody who got fleeced in this trade? Well, after after the fact, I was like, my team improved tremendously and i think howard kind of had a gimpy year for the rest of the year right um and so it it was the reason that i finished respectably that year and i think because of that that certainly affected it. i was like oh yeah somebody always gets pretty screwed in these, <laughs> in these endeavors yeah i don't think i have any other big thoughts i if it's okay to jump i, I kind of want to know robert how much are you going to bet on devonta freeman tonight um, is he on the wire? He's, he's, he's on, on the wire. wire. We'll have to see. Sumner auto drafted him and dropped him. I don't know. 
I mean, how? Well, I guess I could I could release that information uh, without it being penalizing for me, depending on when well, Zach gets to the editing process. Yeah, you would give me and Matt and possibly Zach some insider information that True. we could. I will say this. it'll be more than one dollar of fat. Okay, but less. Than I will 20. say, I one time I got Nick Chubb off the waiver wire for a dollar. I hate that. I hate that. That That's also was a very big. Big move. That same season that I got him, I think he had like a 90-yard touchdown run that was pretty fantastic. Deceptive speed in that dude. He's so Matt, good. Didn't you draft him? I did draft him. He was my – He was my uh, – um, Late round my, stash. My late round stash. Uh, Travis Pickell predicted that he was going to be um, offensive rookie of the year or something, and he was. Something, it was something ridiculous. Yeah, Travis. Same year that Travis. That's the same year that Travis predicted that Pat Mahomes would be MVP. MVP. He was on point with the predictions that year. It was very impressive. Okay, question for Matt: Are you going to play defense this week? Yeah, probably not. No defense for Matt. No defense for Matt. This is the learning stages. These first few weeks, you got to see what you got. Try to get a few good players around you. And roll the dice on them. If I don't have a defense, that's one more slot that I can roll a dice on somebody else. I get that. That's fair. Uh, to put Plus, a cap I knew on that I was going to beat Trey so badly that it wasn't going to matter. Yeah, you still got to rename him. So, I which, think I'm uh, about to hit a wall, guys. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm ready for bed. We we can wrap it. Um, the suggestion from Zach for renaming Trey's team uh, was nip tuck me in which i think is just very fitting with like the bedtime nip slip so i like that i think that think up. hard about that one and then my final thoughts on the trade um i think tyler lockett is an upgrade over keenan allen so i get that i think throwing in cream hunt is like the overpay to get the slightly better wide receiver so i'm okay with that as well I don't know why he had to throw in Emmanuel Sanders. Like that's that's where the overkill kind of comes in for me. Of you know you're you're giving up two good players for one one good player. Why 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 do you have to throw in the third? But overall, like I I think Drew wanted to upgrade at wide receiver, and especially this week against the Cowboys, I think this trade will uh, work out pretty well for him this week. We'll see what happens after that. But Robert, thank you for coming great. on the pod. Great to be on the pod. The things that I most missed on this pod are Caleb's Corner with some amazing stats coming our way. And I also miss Seth Whistleway's laugh because I love it. Yeah, I agree. Um, great to be with you all. I'm out. Love the pod. Peace. Keep it up. Peace. Hopefully talk to you on Monday night and go fall in a well. Yeah.